it didn't add us. <laughs> there we go. Good morning, Eastern Oregon, and welcome to this May 2nd version of AM Live on EOA, your connection to Eastern Oregon. We're also on Roku. I'm glad you're here. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Second Monday. Yeah. 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 At least the weather's nice. Yeah, it was a little cooler last night. Thank, yeah. I mean, at night. I, I had trouble sleeping the day before just because it was was still warm. I'm not anxious for Turn summer. Turn AC on. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they're for. Yeah. Bang the dust off of it <laughs> or the snow out of it or the ice. That's right. Yeah, it's, it's so weird to go from, you know, heat. I mean, and this is that time of the year where it's gets really warm during the day and sometimes you got to turn on the AC and, and then cools off at night and cools you off open at up night. all the windows yeah, like, and it feels so good. Yeah. Uh, Doug Trice Memorial Golf Tournament this weekend. There's still spots. Sign up. Uh, message me or Dana out at Buffalo Peak. 10 a.m. Shotgun start. 100 bucks per person. Prizes. Uh, catering. You know, there'll be lunch. It's for a great cause. It provides scholarships right here in the Valley for high school athletes. All right. Good deal. Should we bang some sports out? Yep. Let's do it. LHS baseball and softball both swept Baker on Friday. Not a big deal, not a big concern or deal. I mean, we're both sitting right in the number. So on the polls that count here, and I'll reiterate this for everybody. I don't I don't pay any attention to OSAA polls because they don't matter. They're they're West Side focused. They it's all be it's all based on who you've played and 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 we don't play good, you know, like it, it's just it's a mess over there. So I pay attention to mid-major media's polls, and I shouldn't even give them a shout-out on here, but I'm going to. Um, we're number two in both of those, and, and I agree with those. My my idea of what the polls should look like is closest to theirs. So right, right now we're number two in the state in softball and baseball. We got swept in baseball by Pendleton. That's who we end the season on in a couple weeks right here, and that's going to be the games of the year right there. And then – in softball, we split with Pendleton, so that's who we end the season. We're playing both of those games two weeks from Wednesday, or a week from Wednesday, right here in the Grand. So those are going to be huge games. On this Wednesday, we travel to Ontario, both softball and baseball, and those should be easy wins both sides. So, um, yeah, we're, we're looking at making a state championship run in baseball and softball, and, and there's a realistic shot on, on in both. Um, EOU baseball ended their season this weekend. They lost, uh, all four games at home to C of I. Um, I think next year is going to be better for them. They had a rough season this year and, and it is what it is, you know, like it kind of chalk it up as a transition. The coach moved here two games into the season. So they'd already played two, two preseason games before he even took over. And, and he's got, you know, he's got his own talent that he's got to bring in now and, and try to make a name for himself. And I told him when I interviewed him, we sat down and talked. I said, this is definitive for your career. You're young. You, you I mean, you, you you put yourself in a position where it's make it or break it right here, like right off the bat. You know what I mean? So we'll see. Um, softball, they won all four games at home against Warner Pack this weekend. Um, Kaylee Hoskins became the all-time strikeout leader in the CCC, in the whole conference. She has 285. The previous record was 272, and that was set in 2011. She also broke uh, Sandoval's record from Southern Oregon for shutouts in a season with her 16th shutout of the year, wow. which is crazy. I mean, this team, this they're not quite as good as they were last year. We don't hit the ball as well. We didn't win as many games. We're not going to win as many games. But pitching-wise, our number one, she's the best pitcher we've ever had in EOU history. They're hands down. I asked Nicole. I was like, and Nicole played with one of the best, it, it, probably arguably the best before Kaylee and Robin Lisak, and she said she's Kaylee's the best. So, huh. yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And we have her for two more years after this because of COVID. So she's a junior. Uh, and this is her third season, but because of COVID, she, she's got two more years of eligibility, which is awesome. So looking forward to that. They play May 5th in Klamath Falls against UBC. And and, and I was telling uh, Tim Seidel before 
the show this morning. It, I think they have to win that game to to make to have an honest chance at at a um, at large selection for the national tournament. I mean, they still have a chance to win the tournament. I mean, any team can win this tournament in the, in the top five. But in order to get that at large bid, if we don't, I think we have to win the opening round against UBC and and. It's a tough game, toughest conference in the country. Huh. Yeah. Cool. That's it. All right. Good stuff. Thank you. So want to talk about one of our new sponsors, Grand Ronde Hospital Therapy, and specifically uh, Greg Dombeck, who is my physical therapist. Um, as many of you know, uh, I had a full knee replacement. It's been two weeks ago yesterday, and still hobbling around and uh but i've started therapy with that knee and and um starting soon we're going to start having i'm going to have regular updates on how i'm doing i'll give you a little bit of history on what it what's involved in uh recouping a knee uh surgery and so that'll be part of our 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 future sponsors and we appreciate grand ron hospital and specifically their physical therapy area for uh, sponsoring the AM show. So, uh, weather, what's it like out there, man? Gonna be warm, isn't it? Yeah. Feels like it. Uh, let me see what, yeah, they, I think the high today is 78. Mm, yes. Is that crazy? I love it. Yeah. Uh, I could even go 10 degrees on top of that and be okay. Not me, man. Yeah. I yeah. love it. When I, when I when I start perspiring, all the fun goes out of it. I got my first sunburn of the year this weekend. <laughs> that's when I know it's like, oh, okay, we can start. I know not it is. Being that's kind of a mark for you. Anymore. It's kind yeah. of one of those things. Is like, yeah, first sunburn of the year, and I'm ready. Your, you need your first good cooking. Yep. Yeah. And I even had sunscreen on. It was cooking on uh, Saturday. It was good. What's the weather supposed to be like this Saturday? I thought it was tournament? supposed to get crappy again. I, I don't think it's supposed to be quite as nice. Yeah. But we're doing it regardless. I mean, yeah. We got scholarships to hand out in a month. Yeah. Good. Yeah. It's going to be fun. I didn't get to do it last year. I think I had to take pictures. Oh, did you? Yeah. I remember somebody didn't show up to take pictures. And so I had to, instead of hand out the scholarship, I just sent Dana up there and I took the pictures. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, but it's a good time. It's a good. It's for a good cause, and that golf tournament's fun. This is it's only going to be the second time we've actually played the tournament. If you remember, the first year was right smack dab in the middle of COVID, and we just played me and Caleb, the mayor, yeah. against uh, Dana and Carlito, the basketball coach up at uh, EOU. Yeah. We just played head to head, right? Yeah, and raised money like that, and and we ended up being able to give out scholarships just based off of that. And then last year we had actual tournament, and then this year, this is year three, but only the second actual tournament. How many? How many teams do you normally have? For I that? think we had fourteen last year. Wow, that's awesome. Not sure exactly how many we have this year, so yeah, we'll see. Even if we only have ten teams, we still m most of the money that we raise comes off of uh, sponsorships. Pepsi's the title sponsor. Um, you got Reed Associates, you know, um, yeah. Rockin' Sons. They all throw, they all know that that it's kind of when it is, and they all B and K, they all throw a little bit of money towards the scholarship. See the whole the whole golf tournament thing is kind of new new for me. I get I am involved in a board called Creating Memories for Disabled Children. They have a camp up at Wallowa Lake, and they have a bid a big fundraising golf tournament down in bend that i have been a part of and so and i'm hoping that eventually we can have one of those tournaments up here at uh, buffalo peak too. good luck i don't know you better you better start talking now because there those fill, there's a lot of tournaments in this yeah. valley like well, fundraiser it tournaments. yeah it, it wouldn't be until next year but that's no i mean just there's a lot of reoccurring tournaments. right yeah like there's not a lot of spots yeah along the way well i started that conversation with dana we just never did get it going but cool stuff yeah. so also want to mention one of our sponsors of this morning show valley insurance they are uh recently relocated to downtown Legrand. um matt and joel uh 
really good people chosen to invest uh, in downtown the Grand, and they moved into the old Umqua Bank building. How many different banks has that building been over the course of, I mean, it was Pioneer Bank when I moved here, First Bank, and then Umqua. It's probably something else, too. Anyhow. I don't remember what it was when I was a kid. Yeah. It's a long time ago. But, yeah. But great building. They're in the process of doing some remodeling on that building. And be sure and stop in and see them. They have a variety of services and can take care of your insurance needs. Appreciate them. So, all righty. Um, well, this morning, uh, it's a pleasure to have Tim Seidel from Eastern Oregon University. He's the vice president of university advancement and he's going to be with us here in just a minute to talk about all things eou we'll be right back All right, thank you. We're back with Tim Seidel, Eastern, or Eastern Oregon University. How you doing, man? Good, good, doing great. Awesome. Wonderful mornings, beautiful sunshine out there. Ooh, you're talking about the weather warming up. It's nice. Yeah. It's like it moved quickly to uh, summer. Yeah, now we didn't have much of a spring. You are a runner or a biker, biker. or both? I'm kind of uh, remember both. Biker is in terms of cyclist. Yeah, right. Yep, yep. Yeah, I actually went for a run this morning. My old dog, and uh, we had a great time. It's really nice to go out in the mornings when it's like this, a little bit warmer. Um, sun's coming up. It's just beautiful. It's probably a lot easier. <laughs> it's a lot easier than yes, when you get up in the snow or something. Like, How much no. do I need to wear to go outside? Yeah. <laughs> do you ride that bike in the snow? No, I no. I, I gave that up a while ago. That's just not. That's dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous. And yeah, it's a good way to end up with a lot of physical therapy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how do you run with a dog? Uh, I have a little waist, uh, a little waist uh, belt, and then her harness, or clips onto her harness that way, a little and a little bungee cord kind of um, leash, and she just runs alongside me. And she right. keeps up keeps with pace. You? Yeah, yeah. So Normally, nobody's I pulling nobody. Uh, no, she pulls me sometimes. It's little, I get a little help that way. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> she's a little, little younger than me, so she's she's ready to roll in the morning. What kind of dog is it? Uh, she's called a King Schnauzer. She's half miniature Schnauzer and half Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. It wasn't what we were so, expecting when we got her, but. But we love her. What, like 30 pounds, 35? Oh, no. She's only like 13 pounds. Oh, that's just a little yeah. like teacup. Yeah. She's, yeah. I had a wiener dog about that 13 pounds. Yeah. Not a lot of running with wiener dogs. No. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of laying lot. around in the sun <laughs> yeah. with the bulldog. Yeah. yeah they're, that's right. They're, they're sun dogs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's always, and I'm, and I'm not far from this place, but it's always funny to me when you see an older person walking an older dog. Yeah. And the older dog is like, I mean, they're literally having to pull them oh, along. Yeah. Oh, they're yeah. Just, they're just barely, yeah. We have we have an old Shih Tzu who, uh, I mean, Dora and I call her one speed because she has one speed when we go for a walk and it's usually slow. Uh, it's always slow and it's always behind me. And so the puppy's up ahead and she's usually way behind me. So I've got, you know, two, I'm going two different directions. Holding my, one and my, uh, my parents have basset homes. Yeah, so oh, I yeah. walk them when I, you know, I babysit mm -hmm. them because they have to be babysat and fed their chicken <laughs> and all this. And they, they, they got in, those dogs. Whoa, they have energy, man, yeah, a good. lot. You, you know, you look at them, you're like, oh, these are probably loppers, you know, like uh -huh. that's what I. But once they yeah. get outside, whoa, man, yeah. basset hounds, they get on their little get their scent, get something going, yeah. big sniffers. Yeah, they're pretty cool. They're, I mean, they're obnoxious and they're big. <laughs> They're, they're big. I mean, basset hounds yeah, are long, big dogs, big dogs and, and they just take over the whole room, <laughs> both of them. You get up, 
The, the crazy thing is the boy, he, if you get up out of a chair in their house, automatically he gets in. It doesn't yeah. matter. It, it, it's just an automatic, you just know what like I mean? Like a little like, brother oh, almost. Oh, dude, yeah. it's so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on, yeah. really? Do I have to get the squirt no. bottle? Right, come now on. I got to move you again. Yeah. <laughs> Dogs are great. Oh, that's funny. I, I've always admired those people that can walk like oh, yeah. eight dogs at one time. I have no idea how that. Uh, it's not easy. I've, I've tried that. So, uh, and it's not with multiple dogs and it's not easy. Yeah. It, My dad walks both them. the Basset Hounds at the same time. I do too. But yeah. even that, just the two of them with their different personalities and what they want to do. They're just right. One smells <laughs> something. One's got to go to the bathroom and there's, you know, all of a sudden there's 65 pounds of dog pulling one way and <laughs> 65 pulling you the other. Yeah. It's a good fitness program. Well, hey, glad you're here. Yeah. And glad you're here to talk to us about EOU. And I guess the let's start with the presidential search. Sure. Because that I think that's kind of what everybody sees and what's everybody. You bet. Yeah. So, but back up just a little bit for mm -hmm. those people that might not know. Uh, sure. Tom resigning and then kind of go from there. So. Sure. So um, uh, late last summer. Uh, then President Tom Insko uh, announced he was he was going to leave Eastern and go take over, uh, be president and CEO of a company called Collins, um, which is based in Wilsonville. <clears throat> and um, uh, Tom still has his his, his uh, family property out here, though, too. But um, so he he took over that company. Um, we have co-presidents right now. Um, interim co-president uh, Lara Moore, who's our vice president for finance and administration, is kind of handling all the internal things. And then um, actually our board chair, former board chair, Richard Shavs from Baker City, um, stepped down from the board to take on the external um, affairs work uh, as a co-president. So they've been doing that um, for the last uh, almost, let's see, well, since last September. Yeah, because um, they were brand new when I interviewed them at the football game. Yeah, they just they, they had, just started. like it was like just started. They just started, um, and so we've been going great. We the, the goal there was not to slow down or, or or take a pause or just sit on things, and um, we've not done that. We're we're continuing forward. Of course, we're in a legislative session, so Richard and I are going to Salem quite a bit and uh, talking with legislators about funding for for Eastern and Alapai education. Um, and then uh, uh, starting in the fall, we formed a, um, a search committee made up of members of the community, alumni, um, uh, folks from the foundation, the alumni association, um, and of course, faculty, students, and staff. That was a 22 member search committee and they helped develop the presidential profile. Um, we contracted with a search firm um, who could help us go out and, and identify candidates. Uh, and they, um, they did just that. Um, we've gone through the process then of, of winnowing everybody down to, we had three finalists um, if you look on our website, uh, eou.edu, there's a link there on the homepage to the presidential search, and you can take a look at, there's three different candidates that we've, we've interviewed over the last week and a half. Um, the board is meeting and um, contemplating those three finalists, and we'll be extending an offer um, to one of them, and then uh, we'll do basically uh, contract negotiations uh, with them, <laughs> and then the board will have to um, formally adopt that. So there'll be a public meeting uh, where the board will, board will formally uh, appoint the new president. Uh, we'll have a reception to follow that. That'll probably be hopefully in the next week or so. So you'll so watch watch EOU um, uh, website and our media uh, for for announcements about that for the announcement of a, a new president. Uh, and then then we start into a whole transition process. Oh man. Of, <laughs> Person, uh, the candidate or the new president will will be appointed, and then there'll be a certain amount of ramp up work. But they'll usually start, you know, um, we usually target around like July first, uh -huh. um, and then we spend the rest of the summer um, getting them acquainted with the community, the region, um, our students, uh, the, the campus, of course, um, and getting ready for the fall. Then the fall hits, and as, as you both know, it's super a lot of activity on campus in the fall. All of our athletic programs will start up actually <clears throat> before campus, before classes even start. Students are back, faculty are back, um, uh, and then all of the things that, that just are you know great about uh, coming back to school at Eastern between um, visual and performing arts activities and academic programs kicking off and classes, of course, starting and all of the week of welcome activities um, and students coming back into town mm -hmm. and uh, football games, um, soccer games, uh, uh, let's see, uh, uh, Cross country volleyball. Volleyball. So, and those are teams, you know, not, you don't, we have, these are good, good teams. So, you want to watch that volleyball team that went all the way to nationals uh, and uh, did awesome last year. And I mean, I, I watch them. It's, it's an amazing team. They're just dominating on the, on the court. Um, it's always great to watch football. Uh, you know, people say, well, what, 
you know, what does it look like when, when you have football games before classes even start? I said, go up to the stands and check it out because there's <laughs> a lot of people that like to watch EOU football. They come out um, from the community, from the region, from the area, um, and like to watch the watch the teams as they play. Uh, I'm a big I'm a big advocate for soccer, um, and so uh, make sure to get out and watch those those uh, EOU men's and women's soccer teams play too, all up there at Community Stadium. New coach for the uh, women's soccer team, yeah, Josh Goodman. Yep. Yep, so excited about that and see where they're going to go um, this fall. They've been a great team um, for the last several years. Absolutely. Doing really well. Yep. Well, cool stuff. Yeah. So you have – how many presidents have you been through? <laughs> I mean, that, that's, yeah, I've had a couple of uh, folks suggest that I should maybe um, uh, go into consulting about that. Or yeah, that's good. Uh, because uh, – so been here since uh, – uh, so I uh, joined with when President Creighton was here. Um, so we had, and if you count the interims, there's, there's, a, there's a number of them. Um, so <laughs> in terms of presidencies, there's been, uh, and I can roll them off it was president Creighton, uh, and then we had interim president, um, Dixie Lund, uh, and then we had, uh, president Fadami, and then we had Dixie Lund again, come, come back mm -hmm. in. Uh, then we had Bob Davies, uh, and then we had, um, uh, Jay Kenton come in, then Tom Insko, uh, Laura and Richard now, and then the new president. So. Getting pretty good at this onboarding thing. For, um, I was, yeah. Uh, well, thank you, thank you for doing that. Thank you for being. <laughs> I love doing yeah. it. You know, I went to Eastern too, uh, so it's it's something. It's passionate. It's a passion for me. It's something I love doing. Yeah. So, what are some of the other big things that are happening? The field house is open now. Field house is open now. Um, if you haven't checked it out, go up there and and and, and take a look. It's an amazing indoor facility. It was really wonderful like we do these tours and and i'd walk the candidates around campus and then meet up with our athletic director angie weisenflew and of course um head women's basketball coach and she'd walk every, walk folks through the um uh the, the updates to the athletic facilities and we'd get over to that field house and you just see people's eyes go wide because it's a facility not unlike a lot of others so it's it's pretty unique in this part of the state and, and unique especially for eastern um, and then to show off the new, the, you know, the new, we call it new, but several years ago, but you know, the recently updated track and of course the new turf on community stadium. And then just to talk about all the, what that does for the, for the campus and the university and the community to bring folks here to play on those, um, play at those facilities. It's, it's pretty neat. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's open. People are using it. We'll be continuing using it. The rock climbing wall, uh, is also an, an, a phenomenal piece of, um, work up there, uh, multiple stories high. It's, uh, it's there. I know that uh, uh, Mike Hatch is working to get enough people to help staff it because there's such a demand on it. Yeah, so Alma Crow was, she was on mm -hmm. last week and she was talking about that. Yeah, it's yeah. a fantastic. Um, so talk asset. talk for a minute about why those athletic advancements or improvements are mm -hmm. important to the kind of students that we draw in in the programs. I mean, a lot of people might not make that connection. Oh yeah, sure. Well. You know, um, and, and athletics is important to any um, university community. Um, it brings in students who want to come here and, and achieve their, their dreams. For a lot of students, an athletic scholarship is their only route to college. Uh, and we really we support that, um, bringing those students here to, to our campus to, to play. Um, it brings, as you can tell, brings in community members up to the university to, to watch the games. We have people that go, you know, didn't graduate from Eastern, and they're there at every volleyball game or every basketball game or every uh, baseball game, they are committed and, and they're, they're big fans. Um, so it helps help spread the word about the university. Mm -hmm. um, we have an excellent program that really focuses on the student, the whole student, um, the student athlete. Um, so they're not athletes first, they're students. Um, and our coaches do a fantastic job of, of making sure that, I mean, like our, our wrestling program is one of the top GPAs in the country. And number um, two, number in the two. whole country. Yeah. That's and, and crazy. That, yeah. yeah. That's a lot. Um, and that says a lot about the, you know, the, really the level of excellence that we expect out of our of our programs. Um, and so these are also um, really good students and they graduate and go on to become, you know, doctors, teachers, you know, lawyers, bankers, <laughs> yeah. whatever, um, and uh, and go back to their communities uh, and go help out, uh, help out other folks. And that's really what, what an athletic program um, can do to connect to your university. Um, and I wouldn't, I'd be I'd remiss if I didn't throw in that we also have like a fantastic visual and performing arts um, platform as well that brings people up to, you know, there's a renovated uh, McKinsey Theater in Loso Hall up there that is uh, just, again, a space where you love showing that off because it's a theater that you just don't see in a lot of other places, particularly in rural Oregon. And that, what that does when we have uh, music performances, again, you, you go up there, we do these uh, productions, it's standing room only. 
Right. Uh, it's hard to get in there. And, and Peter Wordleman and what he puts on with the music department there and his shows every every winter are just incredible. So uh, those those kinds of things, those what students are looking for today are those extracurricular activities. Um, they want to be yes, they want to go get their degree, but they also want to engage in their community at, at their university. They want to do something. They want to feel like they've got some value, um, whether that's uh, volunteering in the community and taking part in um, community activities downtown or in volunteer activities or it's getting involved on campus. Um, whether it's you know you're playing on the football team or you're becoming a member of the Star Trek club. That engagement opportunity to be part of a larger community is really what draws students to come to a university. And that's and it's vital. I mean, I can imagine there are some, and you probably see this, you have a new student or the checking or even a new faculty or whatever that they, they come and mm -hmm. and they see the campus, they see all of those assets. Yeah. You know, and exactly. I, I would imagine they're just blown away from time to time. They are. Um, again, we hear it, uh, and and even walking around campus, usually folks will stop and say, You're, "The grounds here are amazing." I mean, right. kudos to our facilities crew. They really take um, a vested, a personal interest in and invested interest in making sure that the grounds look just you know spectacular. Um, and that's part of it when you're showing it off, and you want to show a nice-looking university campus because if it's dumpy, what are people thinking about the programs and, right. and what you offer up there? If it's well taken care of, that says that. There's a sense of pride um, in, in the university and in, in the campus. And that just brings, that's why we're updating buildings. Um, speaking of that, we're updating Inlow Hall. Um, we've been doing a major renovation to Inlow Hall. That's our oldest building. That's the one we started with in 1929. Um, so we're going to be this summer clearing everybody out of Inlow Hall um, and, and uh, uh, spreading folks out in, in appropriate places on campus. We're trying to keep all of our student-facing areas into one, one area, probably going to move them into the Gilbert Center. Um, so that students don't have to wander around campus trying to find the different offices being one spot. So like admissions, financial aid, um, registrar's office, mm -hmm. the key offices all be in one location so the students don't have to try to track people down. Uh, and then some of the other offices like mine and, and the president's offices and um, our accounts payable folks and, and things like that, they'll be in different places on campus where we can free up space for them. But the idea is to move everybody out of Inlow, do all the renovation work and then move everybody back in. That shortens the time and doesn't have us playing a really a, a kind of a, a a chess game of moving people around campus yeah. as one area gets gets developed and then another area gets developed and one gets finished up and then you move them back and so to, to decrease that confusion and make sure that um, our students can really find what they need we're going to do it all in one fell swoop so that'll be happening this summer um, so we'll be we'll be pushing out information about that as this um, renovation takes place but uh, then the it'll be reconfigured in that um, in the building particularly on the second floor um, and, and some parts of the first floor as well, but um, to make it uh, stable for um, especially any uh, land movement or you know earthquake uh, seismic issues, um, we're gonna go in and remove all the walls. And so that gives us an opportunity to reconfigure things and make it a more efficient space for our students. Yeah. And I know that, I mean, it seems like a few years ago they did do some seismic yeah. adjustment to that yep. building too. You know? Yeah, that was one of the initial phases. Um, yeah. We only had so much funding from the, from the state to be able to do that work, so we did what we could. Yeah, uh, and now this is the this is the second phase of that to follow. Wow! Up. But this kind of gives you an opportunity to redesign the interior space, or yeah, yeah. We've been spending the last multiple months looking at that: what works best, what works, um, uh, what doesn't work, um, and, and and what we can do to make it again more efficient. Where are we finding where there's wasted space? Yeah. Um, where we where can we you know do we really need this many offices or can we can we shave those down or or reconfigure them or we maybe need more offices in some other areas to yeah. ensure that um, we can do our work. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that'll be that'll be fun and exciting. Of course, every time you're moving people around, there's a little concern there, but uh, <laughs> you know we're going to work hard on communication and maps and all those good things. So yeah. it'll be interesting because a new president will be joining us and it'll be. Um, okay, this is your temporary office <laughs> yeah. this year, yeah. so they won't this be moving into the, now, the traditional yeah. president's office. Will that, will it be done over the summer, or will it? It'll, be, it'll take it'll, a year. Oh, it'll take a full year. Yep, okay. yep. So move out probably this uh, early this summer. People will start moving out, and then um, do all the work, and then move hopefully so move back in. It'll summer. be closed for a year. Yep, the whole building. Yep, it'll be closed for a year. Yep. Okay, gotcha. Yep, uh, and then. The grand staircase, of course, yeah. uh, big thing um, that that been on my list for a good twenty years or so, and it was nice to get that checked off. But uh, we'll be um, working on that starting um, here, hopefully pretty soon. Um, working with the the contractors and getting all of the pieces in place to uh, really, we're gonna have to remove the staircase. Yep. Um, it's all that it's depression era concrete. It just has been there for a long time, as you might imagine, since the twenties, late twenties. 
um, a lot of damage, a lot of weather damage and all that. So we're going to replace all that um, and build it. So it'll be a brand new matching staircase in its place and hopefully get that open um, this late this fall. So we can, if we can do something around homecoming, that'd be great, but at least it'll be done by the end of the year. So in the design, is it going to be exactly the same or is pretty it... much? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. There'd be maybe some small nuances in terms of some of the code issues around how close we can put the help close we can put the balustrades oh, maybe make them a little bit closer uh -huh. there's like that's a good example of a code issue when they designed it you know um it was wide enough apart that a little kid could like like put themselves through between yeah. the, right, the right, two right, balustrades right. so how we figure out how to do that um that'll be uh one is that, but it'll look the same thing is that eou property all the way down to mm -hmm. the, the bottom there? yeah basically down so to the bottom. so same on 8th Street, the Sledding Hill, is that EOU property? That um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think so. I think it is too. Yep, I think so. Yeah. That's going to be cool, man. That's it will. Right. And It'll I, yeah, I, it, you know, most people have not even seen the Grand Staircase unless right. they've gone to it or they've mm -hmm. just stumbled upon it. Are right. you, are you guys kind of helping once that's restored? Are you going to do some things to kind of help people get yes. there? Yeah, absolutely. Um, of course, signage. But also um, in the plan, uh, it includes um, uh, doing some uh, landscaping, additional landscaping. So that whole area over there, if you look at it, some of the pictures back in the in the late 20s, early 30s, it was pretty scrub up there. It was not a lot of uh, not a lot of trees, not like it is now. And so we'll be uh, going through and, and updating the landscaping so that uh, this the show to showcase the staircase even more. So it'll be harder to miss. If you're driving down the street and then re start redirecting people to come there so it'll be a wonderful place for new students for example to pull up and then see this cool staircase and walk up and come into the building and, and learn more about that campus so then so then that it really will be an access point to the campus mm -hmm. also yep access point to the campus um that was the original intent of it that's what we want to bring back um that that gateway to the community yeah. both ways so right. it's where a place people can come up and and people can come down um, we're also hoping to be able to put uh, some of the events. We had a, an event out there called Evensong that was done each spring, um, uh, like a spring music concert. Right. And uh, it was a big deal for many, many years. That went away in the 70s. Um, we'd like to try to bring some of that back or just some of that, you know, um, when the weather's like this, how nice would it be to have an outdoor concert? Yeah, and kind of use the staircase mm -hmm. as kind of like an amphitheater. Exactly. You can, yeah, yeah. people... Uh, in the even song the, the performers were on the staircase and we would actually they would block off part of that street and people would just set chairs we'd set up chairs down in um on ninth uh, street there and, and just open it up and so people would watch that watch the performance from uh, the street looking up at the the building and the stairs yeah so it'll be really it'll be really pretty yeah that'd be amazing yeah yeah that'll be a really nice a nice uh, a nice asset to add to the to the community um and people uh it's people stop and see those things it's uh, there's folks who really love to check out like um interesting architectural masterpieces and that's one of them especially out here so as people are driving through they'll come off the freeway and come check out the staircase and then maybe go on down to you know baker city and look at the you know the geyser grand or something like right. that and these other architectural um, points of interest along the way it's a great place to take pictures yeah boy how many senior uh, pictures have i have <laughs> yeah. i mean i grew so when i moved here we we moved on to eighth street Okay. So I grew yeah, up right in that. There. I mean, they were the stairs were still there. You know, right. they were still operating at that mm -hmm. time. And I haven't seen your picture on the stairs. I mean, yeah, <laughs> probably fifty percent of the kids that grew up say, in this it's uh, pretty common. town have yeah, yeah, seen you your see everything: on. prom pictures, yeah. uh, graduation pictures, even now. pictures. Even now. Oh, I know. <laughs> yes, we really don't encourage people. To <laughs> no, that. but there is. I mean, I've seen yeah. a bunch yeah. this year. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a whole thing. So it's um, really nice to have that back. That's just like a, I think it feels to me like a, like a puzzle piece or something that we can put right. back into place um, to, to connect the university and the, and the community. Well, and, and you and I have had lots of conversations or we've been a part of committees that have talked about how to, you know, how do we enhance that relationship mm -hmm. between downtown LaGrande and EOU and continue connecting right. them together. And, and that's been something that you've come back to many mm -hmm. times yourself, because clearly you're invested in Lagrand. Also, you've sure. been here long enough, and so mm -hmm. on and so forth. And so, yeah, I, I, I like that. I mean, there, there have been some critics. I see some critics every once in a while, oh, sure. like, why are we spending that amount of money on <laughs> right. this and stuff? But there's, there's an incredible amount of value in us restoring historical things. Mm -hmm. It's expensive. Mm -hmm. it's it's not it's right. not a casual thing right. but 
but that yeah. art it's a, it's a part of art it's a part of culture that we're investing in sure and it's a part of our community our right community, um, yeah. it's part of community identity um so you know a lot of times people look back and think oh you know what happened to that building well it, it got torn down what happened right. to that you know that that old building well that got torn down too and you know what can you point to in terms of the historical context of the community and the 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 background that, that brings people here and what it's all about and if all of that goes away you have nothing to really reference there's no reference right. points yeah uh and that's nice to have a place uh, a spot like that uh, something i don't like that. i don't think the argument is is functionality i think the argument is cultural significance because right. functionality it would be way more you know appropriate if there was like a parking lot right there at the bottom right <laughs> or something yes. but yeah. because function function wise it's it's not like an absolute necessity for people to get to EOU from there because right. you have 8th Street, you can walk up one block down, but cultural mm -hmm. significance, mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, 100%. yeah it's just a need. It'll be, it'll be nice to have that back. Yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. You have anything else on your list? Um, there's some great things going on. Um, also, just I just want to give shout outs to like our early college initiatives program. Um, that's uh, um, uh, a group of uh, Kathleen Brown and, and Folks are going out there talking to high schools, working with schools to get um, more college credits um, available to, to students so that uh, they can maybe shorten their, their time in college um, and also get them more exposed to going to the university. And that's been something we've picked up on the last couple of years. And um, they're doing a great job of just doing that outreach. And again, that's part of getting out into the communities. People always say, well, what are you doing? Are you talking to the high schools? Absolutely. <laughs> Not just our admissions folks, but yeah, yeah, with early college initiatives and our faculty are out there and um, helping out you know, uh, uh, people, it's, uh, it's, it was nice to hear in some of the search um, committee meetings when we're talking with community leaders about um, uh, how accessible our deans are um, to community needs when people are calling them or school districts saying, hey, can we do something like this? Or we have some help, can we get some help here? And they're saying, yeah, absolutely, we'll make that happen. Whether it's, you know, how do we put on a, a little music performance at a small um, school in, in rural, uh, way on rural Eastern Oregon, or how do we ensure that, uh, you know, somebody who's helping out an education program can get their licensure so they can um, do a, uh, so they can teach? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and how do we deliver those programs? And so that's about, that's all about accessibility. Um, we just had the regional math contest up on campus, which was nice, and we're able to get some students some scholarships um, for that. And that's, again, an opportunity to get more kids from the region, more students from the region up to the university to explore and learn more about what we do um, and say, maybe this is a place I can go to college. Uh, and then, um, again, the, like I mentioned earlier, the legislature legislature is is in the waning. It, we've got a, about a month and a half at the end of, <laughs> end of June. Um, and um, this this actually this week, we're taking a group of students down and uh, for what we call uh, TRUE, the Technical and Regional University Lobby Day. And that is uh, where we partner up with uh, Oregon Tech, Western and Southern um, uh, Oregon universities and go out and talk, take students and talk to the legislators about how important it is to support um, higher education and, and really try to help um, fund it so that we can keep costs in, down and, and student accessibility up. So we're excited about going down there and um, working with legislators and our students love doing that. So they're the best, best messengers we can take down to Salem. You've got your hands in a lot of pots. And I, I mean, I mean, your job pushes you to yeah to be yeah. in a lot of. Do you like that variety? Do you like yeah, I think it's the um, it's it's a lot like um, like I, I tell people too about being the president too at the university. It's a lot like running a small business. You, you right. get to do you you get to do or you have to do everything right. right. You're doing shipping, receiving. Yeah, I mean right. you're also doing not that the president's down there in the loading docks, but um, you get to have your hands in a lot of pots. A lot of other universities, I would just be focused, or my my position would just be focused in one specific area. Right. Um, and uh, the variety here is is great um, because there's so much to do. Mm -hmm. um, and but I can't do it alone. I've got a great team of, of a wonderful marketing director and a fantastic um, uh, executive director of philanthropy for our fundraising arms, and great team of folks to work with on government relations. Uh, and it's great when you can talk about what Eastern is doing because if you just look at the list of things that are happening up there, it's easy to promote and easy to talk about. Yeah. So, and the legislature, I know, is something that oh yeah takes quite a bit of time for you. Yeah, I mean, that's that is um, yeah, and, and I'm sure folks in my office will say that's when I kind of disappear for right, six yeah. months. Um, a lot of travels, a lot of trips down to Salem um, and back. I'll be down there for a day or two at a time, and then and then come back. And during those 
those trips we're meeting with, of course, our, our Eastern Oregon delegation, folks like Senator Hansel and Representative Levy, um, Representative uh, Greg Smith and Mark Owens and Senator Lynn Finley from, from down in Southeast Oregon. But also we're meeting with um, folks from the Portland area, from the coast, um, the other folks in leadership. Uh, and they have a really good um, feel for who Eastern is and what we do, and they understand where we're at. So it, it's not like we go in and they say, "What do you? Who are you? What who are you? Are you? Yeah. We've really spent a lot of time over the last several years. Did worked with Tom a lot on that to to increase our visibility um, in Salem and amongst leaders. And that's critical for Eastern as a public regional university, particularly as Oregon's regional a rural university. Right. Our job is to really promote that, um, and that's helped crystallize our messaging and who we are um, and our and our um, really our value proposition that we take to the legislature. Um, it's the same one we take to donors and same one we take to students is that we're a, we're a fantastic regional university. We do a lot of excellent work. Um, you can go a lot of places from here. Um, we, we can talk to, you know, we can show and talk to our alumni about where they've gone on to, whether it's, you know, working anywhere around the world or leading major corporations um, or just being a fantastic uh, baseball coach. Yeah. Um, for LeGrand High School or anything like that. You can do that um, coming from Eastern. Is that rewarding for you? I would imagine. Yeah. I mean, when yeah. you when you kind of think back over the time that you've been here, the the number of students that have come through and you've mm -hmm. kind of watched them go different places. Yeah, yeah it's been neat walk, working with those students and then seeing them um, go on. Um, just talk with, uh, talk with a, uh, an alum of ours who is a, uh, an attorney and a lobbyist now down in Salem, um, barely fairly high powered uh, lobbyist said, hey, would you come talk to our students this week when we're down in Salem and just talk about what it's like? And mm -hmm. somebody said, well, how do you, you know, what's his experience? I said, well, I remember early on in my career driving him and and his vice president for in student government down to Salem. And we did, we lobbied, you know, we lobbied all day uh, and then driving back. And um, that was kind of some of the first tastes for you know, government relations and that kind of work. And that led him to a, a career where he's in DC and then came back out west and, and has been working here in, in Oregon. Um, and seeing that happen, that's, right. that was quite a while ago, that's 20 plus years ago now. But um, also just seeing the students walk across the stage, when you see what we can do, whether it's a, you know, it's a scholarship for um, a student who, no, a traditional student who wouldn't or normally get a chance to go to college, um, a, an athlete who, because we've achieved some funds for like sports lottery, uh, which is one of our funding mechanisms through the state, that enables them to, that enables us to add a wrestling program yeah. uh, or a soccer program and then seeing students who say i wouldn't have been able to go to college if it wasn't for me to if it wasn't like a scholarship for me to come play here or you see that non-traditional student that online student that that maybe that adult working parent who um single parent who's then taken a slowly churned their way through they you know they they put their kids to bed at night and then they go back down to the kitchen table and do two three hours of homework and then get back up at you know 5 36 a.m and do the whole thing over again and then watch them achieve that degree, right. which gives them financial su sustainability and um, the ability to move up and show their kids that you can do anything you put your mind to. Those are that's life changing. And that's to me, that's it's not just the process. It's watching those people walk across the stage and get their diploma and realizing that Eastern played a huge part in their lives and um, that we actually we actually had an impact there. Yeah, there's a there's an EOU alumni that's like a president in another country. Correct. Uh, David Penwello is the uh, president of the Federated States of Micronesia. Yeah. Yeah. And he there went to go. school about the same time I did um, at Eastern and, and Tom. Uh, I couldn't remember well. his name and I knew yeah. it was in the islands. I just didn't want to misquote it. Yep. 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 It's great. I follow him on Facebook um, and it's cool seeing all the things he's he's doing that. So we're extremely proud of, of him. So yeah, you, exactly. It's a good point. You can you can even lead a country. Absolutely. <laughs> Seriously. No, a lot I mean, of things you can do. Yeah. No. And, it, and that that is, I mean, the significance that that higher education, that that kind of a thing has on a person's life. You know, it's, it's kind of like, mm -hmm. I, I think of it like a train. Everybody gets on this train for the four years that they're there, but but the time that they're intersecting with each other, yeah. you know, and then when they get off the mm -hmm. train, they go on in their mm -hmm. life or whatever. Yeah. But it is, it is tremendously significant in the lives of those people that go on. You know, education is the, in, uh, one of our previous interim presidents, Jay Kent, used to say this a lot. Um, but you know, education is the one thing that helps you break the mold that society sets for you. Hmm. So whether you are, you know, um, you know, very, uh, very, you grow up very poor, and and um, in in a you know your first generation, nobody in your family's maybe you know gone to gone to college or even graduated. I mean, you hear all stories about people who 
parents didn't, you know, only had an eighth grade education. Um, and then they go on to not only get did a degree, but maybe go on to get their doctorate. Mm -hmm. uh, that's that's a model shift for him. Like yeah. I was talking about for the you know the single working parent um, that would say, uh, otherwise, you know, oh, you're stuck, you know, checking groceries for the rest of your life. No, you're not. Right. Um, and you can do that and access it. And that's the value to me. That's the the hugest value of public higher education is that we we are an accessible institution. That's who we are. That's what we do really well, um, and we're extremely proud of that. Well, in four years or six or seven years, right. yeah, it's not right. that long of a period no. of time. I mean. When you think about it, when you're younger and you think about that, it's like it seems like eternity. But like <laughs> yes, yes. when you're yes. our age or Four my years, age, yeah. and you look back mm -hmm. and it's like that was only five years ago, right? That was only six years ago. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's really not. I mean, it and and so the ability to to take and change your life in a fairly short period of time, mm -hmm. or the direction of your life, yep. is, is yeah, like you can do a incredibly lot significant. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. It's um, well, it it's the um, the tool that uh, enables you to, to do more and then set that model for, you know, your kids, your the rest of your members, your family. That's why, and it's powerful. That's why you have some folks coming back and getting their degrees when they're 90 years old. Right. Yeah. Folks, you know, say, I really want, they just, they wanted to finish that degree. They couldn't get there. We were able to look at, we had one story of a, of a, of a veteran, um, make sure his kids all got through college. Uh, he, um, was working with our veterans affairs, our veterans relation, uh, advisor and, um, said, I just, I don't think I can do it. I don't think I can finish. My doctor doesn't think I should, I should continue to take classes. I just need to, well, we, we made him an honorary alum because of all of his dedication and, and service. And he was so motivated by that. He got better, came back and actually finished his degree Wow! Um, and walked across the stage. And that was huge. That's, that's super meaningful. So now um, when, when some of our, our, our folks in, in the, like our, our veterans advisor says, when he's talking to students and they're complaining about how tough it is, he says, well, let me tell you about Bob. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard, but let me tell you. Yeah. And, and then it's, oh, this eight, okay. Yeah, yeah. I think you're, I think you're right. So yeah. it's a, it's a neat thing. Well, Tim, thank you so much for being here this morning. Yes, thank sir. you for your dedication in what it is that you do. Uh, you know, I know you personally and, um, and we have, we have a chance to, rub shoulders and have lunch together. And I, I like you as a person too. I like who Thanks. you are. Yeah. And that, and that's always so, you know, when Kyle and I were spitballing yesterday about, you know, somebody who could be on this morning, I mean, we both, we both expressed how much we enjoy just having a conversation with you because yeah, you know, yeah, you're smart. You're, yeah. Yes, your experience. It's easy broad, to talk to. Yeah. You're easy to talk to. So I leave yeah. the, I leave the, the, the tips where, yeah, <laughs> just, under right. the table. No. Under it's, the I, table. I love I love doing this. Like you said, like I said, I love talking about Eastern. Um, I've been doing it for a while, but it's it's easy to do, and um, uh, we could probably go on for a couple hours, and I could fill you on all the things that are happening up there. So uh, that'll be like awesome. a multi-series document. Yeah. <laughs> well, and people can always get a hold of you. They can write you. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on the website. Um, yeah. and uh, go up on our webpage and 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 check it out. There's always good news and information about there. It's just a, there's always something happening at Eastern. Good. Love it. All righty. Well, you want to get us out of Let's here, Kyle? On this day, May 2nd, 1780, William Herschel discovered the first binary star, Ursa Majoris. 1780, first binary star. What's a, what's a binary star? Uh, you're, 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 yeah. you're asking the wrong. Do I look like, I'm not an astronomy dude. I, do, I just copy this off of a website. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and there's not very many today. Yeah. On this day in 1887, Hannibal Goodwin patented the celluloid photographic film used in Thomas Edison's kinetoscope. What year was that? 1887. 1888, okay. Uh, and then we, now we jump all the way to 2000. That's okay. how many, few there were today. Okay. It, you know, a, a lot of this website, it, it, it's all the important stuff, but it like talks about like testing bombs, and I don't want to talk about that on yeah. here. So, on this day in 2000, Bill Clinton announced that accurate GPS access would no longer be restricted to the United States military. So we've got, you know, the civilians got accurate GPS access in 2000. So 23 Boy. years ago. And what what a what a crazy difference that has made. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And for I wonder people, how many lives that saved. Yeah, for people who don't understand. <laughs> The they they originally diffused the accuracy for yeah. civilians. Yeah. So in other words, it'd be like, right. yeah, you're 
approximately within a half a mile of this spot. And they thought it was mil a military advantage. Right. Well, and yeah, and the reason, and it, that was on purpose. Yeah. You know, and so then what they, this event was them taking the lid off of those restrictions. And then finally, in 2011, Osama bin Laden, the suspected mastermind behind the September 11th attacks, and the FBI's most wanted man at the time was killed by U.S. Special Forces in Abadadad, Pakistan. So, 12 years ago today. Wow. Crazy, man. Yeah. Number one movie in America on this day in 2003 was John Cusack and Ray Liotta in the movie Identity. I don't think I've Ray seen Ray Liotta has pa since passed. He's one of my right. favorite actors. He played Sammy the Bull. In, yeah. Uh, man, he was so good as Sammy the Bull. And recently... Um, the recently um, Vice, which is an online documentary, yeah. Yeah. they they sat down with with Sammy the Bull, oh, the really? actual Sammy the Bull. Oh, it's interesting. He's a that's a crazy story right there. Sammy the Bull was was uh, John Gotti's. He was John Gotti's hitman, right hand man. I mean, he's the one that turned on Gotti and put Gotti in prison. Wow, crazy, crazy story. Um, quote for the day. Aim for the moon. If you miss, you may hit a star. <laughs> Aim for the moon. If you miss, you may hit a star. That's it. All right. Thanks again, Tim. Appreciate yeah, it. Happy to be here. Yep. Appreciate it. Thank you. See you on Thursday Army. with George Mendoza. Yep, that's the plan. If you're out there, George, be sure and confirm with us. Otherwise, mm -hmm. we'll just plan on you. <laughs> Thanks a bunch. We'll talk to you soon.